<laughs> I find it a little bit frustrating because I'm having to break outside my silo. It's taken me away sometimes from doing the things I like doing, uh, which is the the, the in-depth process of filmmaking, the getting into the psychology of the story and doing things that are quite simple. And as Garvin's discovered, quite often it's, it's something you just throw together very quickly that suddenly has a massive response. In the room, 52 Jokers Wild. My 1984, I was a gothic punk. Now, I was a punk first in the sense of I had a my Mohican. I was hanging out in Piccadilly Circus in London. I was charging the tourists, you know, a, a pound a time to take a photograph. You know, that was entrepreneurial sort of Garvin back in 1984 to 1990. It was fashion was what it was for me. I didn't know that by trying to be individual, individualistic, we were actually turning into clones because my gang of mates and gang of friends, we were all being different, being the same. And that was the weird thing about it. We were all gothic punks. We were all individuals. We were all expressing our art, our individuality. But as for the tourists, when they looked around, they saw 30 people dressed in black with the same hairdo looking looking strange the best of times, thinking they were great. So I wasn't watching, actually, that was the difference, George. You were watching the films. I was in the films. I made a TV commercial for, for Marathon Bars at the time. So bad that they had to change the name to Snickers, not three or four years afterwards. But that was it. I was going, I didn't, I didn't actually know I could be in films. I didn't know. I didn't even watch films. That's the strange thing about it now. Go 30 years forward. We're building a film production academy. We're building a machine that we can actually produce films, make films, finance films, and we can even star in them as extras. We can do a little bit of that... Uh, that chap that died lately there now, that was, is it the Marvel series? He's always in his own films in a little bit of a walk-on part. I can't remember his name, but I'll probably get him in the next minute or two. My daughter would kill me for not remembering his name. All these DC, it's not DC comics, but it's, um, that does, it doesn't matter. It's back to, I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't reading the books. I read one or two. It's in my later life. I've, I've read more. I've watched more only in a sense of I'm sitting lying on a sofa looking at Netflix and I'm, and I, I'm, I'm watching it 12 hours a day, seven days a week. I can't help but binge watch movies and films and, and the very nature of what we're talking about now, they're usually science fiction. They're a little bit of alternative something, you know, Black Mirror. They're, they're reflecting our interest in the past being the Douglas Adams of the world and the Dirk Gentleys. So the Hitchhiker's Guys of the Galaxies. So the strange thing is it's come full circle except for they're now made the dunes and this, that and the other. We can interact with them. We can play the game. We can roll profile. We can, we can actually immerse ourselves in it. We can buy the merchandise. But that is where we're a consumer. I, I no longer want to be a consumer. Or actually, one of the chaps this morning now, we're talking to another graphic design student, and he mentioned Quentin Tarantino. And, uh, and the fact that here's somebody that, you know, the name rolls off the tongue. We can name probably four or five, you know, movies that he's made that we all enjoyed. And he used to work in a video, sorry, video shop. He used to eat, drink, and sleep the videos, the, 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 C, the, 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 the C list, the A list, the B list, everything in between. And he took the best of the best and he said, if I was making a movie, this is how I'd make it. These are the simple parts that will grab the attention of any audience based on my understanding of the consumer marketplace of who comes in here and rents what video. And that's what we're doing now. We're going, what 
whatever it is we like ourselves, there is an audience for, because we statistically represent that audience and their, their likes and dislikes. So there's an audience for everything. There's a way of reaching them. It's Big Brother all right, but it goes two ways. We're being watched, but we can watch too. One of the things that I find fascinating is that in the story of 1984, and I've just found my copy of it, which my son had read and he's given it back to me, in the story of 1984, because another part is insecurity, but one of the things that um, uh, Winston Smith did was he decided that he would get a diary and he would start to fill it in, which seemed to be an old way of doing things. And again, if we start to think about how that influenced, it took a lot of courage for him to sort of break the mold and go and start writing things and filling it in all the, you know, this this book, th putting down his thoughts because the, the the world didn't want him to think. But in our current day, this is now some sort of 40 odd year, nearly 40 years since uh, I read that book. We're finding that it has to take courage to actually start to write things. And I know that in, in this last year, we started to do the, uh, the the artist's way, and that was to encourage you every day to write three pages. So, in one when, in one sense, there is a replication of that that process because it was 1984 that I actually started to write my first set of journals, and it, it generated quite a few interesting ideas that I turned into scripts. And we're finding the same things happening now in the 21st century, we are going through that same process and encouraging the interns to do the same kind of thing. And what, we, what we're trying to show them is that quite often the dialogue of this morning was, oh, you know, this, is, this might be a silly idea. This is something, you know, maybe this isn't as good as I thought it might have been. And then when they actually sort of mentioned some of their ideas, you went, actually, wow, this, there's a lot of, lot of mileage in that we could develop. You know, again, Rebecca had mentioned insecurities and how, how she was feeling somewhat insecure. And we were kind of going, yeah, we were feeling insecure because we've, we've done what seems to be crazy stuff because we've actually made a choice that we're not going to follow the mold, a bit like Winston Smith. We're not following the mold. We're not doing what we're told. We're actually going to break out the mold. We're going to break out the silo and make sure that we rip into the new world and start a new beginning, because that was something else, a new chapter, and that we would try and take control of the way that we would move that journey forward. I'm not saying we're going to be in control, but just be open to the possibilities of how we could move forward and what we could, what we could actually do, which is why this new chapter for us was working with some youngsters and, and seeing how they could get involved and pass on some of our knowledge, share some of the knowledge that we have to help them develop their career and build their confidence. Now, another character, another guy that we have is Dylan Hogan, and he had actually mentioned, talk about your old your own story and your background. We, we've actually been doing that. We've been, we've been sharing some of those ideas of what our journey to this point actually is. And he then mentioned about uh, modern social media and how does it affect you? Well, from my perspective... I find it a little bit frustrating because I'm having to break outside my silo. It's taken me away sometimes from doing the things I like doing, uh, which is the the, the in-depth process of filmmaking, the getting into the psychology of the story and doing things that are quite simple. And as Garvin's discovered, quite often it's, it's something you just throw together very quickly that suddenly has a massive response. And it's just reminded me, I need to share something with the rest of you guys, which I won't share with this group at the moment. A little, it was actually a Muppet thing that was, was, was great about sort of stress and all that. Have a look for the green Muppet and how to, using breathing techniques, get rid of stress. You can find that one online at your own, at your own best. But social media, 
you're 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 really getting into that now, Garvin. I think you're, you're no, really. No, I don't want yes, to. Yes, There's a difference between really getting into it, in the sense of you're now addicted to it. I mean, I'm trying to get my daughters off of it, my son off of it, because all we're doing is holding devices. Walk into the kitchen to the bat. We're bringing it into the bathroom. We're going it's everywhere you go. It's 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 you know your left arm. It's it's attached. It's attached to the hip. You can't go anywhere without your phone because your phone is no longer a phone. It's your it's your window onto the universe, the world. It's you've got fifty different streams of information coming in from WhatsApps to Snaps to TikToks to tweets to you. It keeps on going. There's there's an endless. If you, I actually, I remember back in the good old days of the, the the couple of TV stations where I used to give out about the TV commercials and how many there was. Now it's hard; you'd be hard pressed to find the program if you have all these multiple channels of something. You're drowning in Facebook. I'm moving away from off of Facebook now because it's too much ads. It's like I said, if you open your mouth, there's an algorithm in the background that's listening. And the next time you look, you're being bombarded with, with things that are meant to match your profile in terms of something you might be interested in or want to buy. That's all very well as a consumer going, I'm sick to death of the ads. Now, as a business person, I've got to come up with the ads to make others sick to death of and make sure I bombard them where they are. Now, it, well, indirectly. So we want to have target market we want to be able to talk to the end consumer. We want to be able to influence them into an action or call to action of actually buy, asking for more information or buying our product or that type of thing. But where are they? Now, they are reachable. But uh, because they're being bombarded from multiple channels and multiple streams, it's actually it's easier to reach them, but it's also harder in the same sentence. It's easier to reach them in the sense of they're 24-7 uh, on, but to get through the, the clutter, you've got to be able to make a difference. You've got to stand out. You need to be generating content. You need to be generating audio and visual. It needs to be meaningful and it needs to be consumable in 15 seconds, 30 seconds, 45 and three minutes for Facebook. It has to be entertaining. It has to be a worm. You want it to go viral. That's what you need it to be. And that's what we're trying to create without knowing how to do it or how to achieve and to do it on a consistent basis. So this is, we found our process and we are able to generate on a regular basis our earworms. And we've, and that's what we're doing. Now, it's going to start. They're going to get more. They're going to be bigger worms shortly. They're going to be different flavors shortly. They're going to be like those little fly ones on the end whereby they're dressed up in their dancing suits and they attract a certain somebody and they frighten away the others because it's not going to be for the faint-hearted. It's not going to be for the shy and insecure. It's not going to be for those that are complaining about the price. It's going to make sense to those that get it. And that's what you're meant to do with target marketing. Their customer will recognize themselves in the language, in the product, in the service, and in the relationship they want to mirror back. So we're looking forward to the mirror of our earworms. We we're starting to meet these individuals and we're starting to talk the common language and we're getting very excited about it. And the pond is getting smaller and it's filling up with fish. So, I mean, back to... So, we've, we've actually been doing some really interesting stuff because we've been creating word pictures. I've been creating word pictures of a little old man in the garden digging up his, uh, his, his vegetables. And, and Garvin's been talking about somebody else that's been going off in a speedboat and trying to drag a net behind them to catch all these fish. And I'm just kind of wondering, we've, we've, have we been... Oh, and I've been talking about engines and motors and motorbikes and people sort of... Because my son's been sort of 
pulling apart his, his, his carburetor at this particular point in time to get his motorbike going so he can go off at speed as well. So we might have to come up with a few other sort of visual imagery type stuff to try and inspire other people. Maybe people that are into gaming and stuff like that. What do they actually do? You know, they're, they're going off in, in sort of army gear and sort of in their virtual reality to try and shoot things. But even then, what's very interesting is that quite often... They're now meeting up with their mates online and they're meeting other people from around the world and they're forming little pods. We're back to our podcast again. They're forming little pods. And most of the time they go around all these different landscapes in these amazing worlds, shooting zombies and whatever else they come across. And they're having ordinary conversations in the middle of it, you know, like they would do if you were going off to war. And I find that... That's the new pub. That's the That's new the pub. weird thing. Yeah. So the pub chats, because what's happening now is that unlike our generation, when well, when I, I say my generation, we always went down to the Gander on the Green down in Bournemouth and had a had a bit of a chin wag until the volume went up so high we were kind of going, what do you say? I can't hear you. Now what's happening is that the same college kids are going off around the world. Like one of my, one of Connor's mates is in Texas, another one's somewhere in Europe, in Germany probably, and, and then he's got mates obviously here in, in Northern Ireland, and he's in Canada, and they would all sort of be talking about what's going on what's happening with their kids and how are they doing hang on i've just got to shoot that guy he's right okay we can get off oh god he's been injured hang on there's a packet of something here that might be able to help us out sort of first aid kit pick that up and shares it with somebody else and see if we can get to the end before this big circle comes in and wipes them all out <laughs> that's the pub the virtual pub is now inside oh no it's not only the pub it's also yeah. It's also the corporate team building exercises. It's yes. actually, as you said, you're, co you're coordinating and reaching out and working with your workmates and or friends. You're creating relationships. So it can be on a leisure sort of basis or it can actually be on a work basis across the planet in real time, in Zoom meetings and or gaming. And sometimes they go off into the, the virtual life, wherever it's called. And they go, look, uh, we're in here. We've got to get through this. We're bonding. We're bonding. We're getting to know each other. We're getting to get you know, get a bit of skill, a bit of play, and that's breaking down the barriers. And we're get, and we're creating the relationship. We're warming to each other, and we know a bit of our strengths and our weaknesses. But we know there's also work. Now we're going. This is a bunch of the bosses on a team build, or a bunch of the the next range down on a team build, or if it's just a smaller organization, this is the whole team, and they're anywhere on the planet. It doesn't matter where they are because they're coding. They're zooming in and out they're you know if it's they don't need in the main to be physically there they just need to be able to access the cloud and the tech you know unless they're building widgets it doesn't matter so we actually we we are in northern ireland southern ireland now we, we've a number of new interns going to be working with us shortly and they will be in dublin and across the country but i mean what we'll be working on is is still in this virtual realm of creating content packaging it you know doing brainstorming and ideation in a virtual space or on Skype or Zoom or something else. Just talking with and to and at each other and, and suggesting ideas and shooting them down and ripping them apart and putting them back together again. It's it's to be talking about something of interest, to be planning. Before we start this conversation today, we're saying we've, we've, we're at a natural end of something. We've got the confidence now because we've now... We're pushing, we're on the push. We're pushing forward to the next level of commitment. And we know there's hard work there and there's a mountain of work, but it's not putting us off. It's 
We're finding this language of critical path. We need this to be done based on resource and time and effort and budget. It has to be done. It'll speed up and slow down according to what's available. But there's a natural flow to it. We're, and, we're, and that's what we were discussing again today is let's go critical path. And an awful lot of this is contingent on one or two pieces being done in a certain order. We know what they are now. We're focusing our effort for the next two or three months on that. We know if we achieve that, and that will take a good chunk of work and pain because we've nearly avoided it because there's a bunch of pain points in it because we'd rather someone else deal with the pain or pay for the pain or, or we want someone else to take it away for us. But at the same time, we're going, we've identified the pain and we know what the pain actually is. It's the real deal. We were talking about being childlike at one point. I, I remember um, as a youngster, when I worked on a number of projects, well, actually, even even the, the, my own feature film, uh, Fiddler's Walk, what, what was powerful about that was that all of a sudden, the people that were all there who, who didn't think they were experts suddenly realized that they had got experience and could contribute. And because the relationships that were developed allowed each and every one to feel that they could contribute and offer something, and each person was given respect for what they knew, they weren't told they have to fit into a certain place. They were they they actually found that their creative energies were inspired, and they were able to generate stuff and and come up with ideas. And it didn't matter whether or not those ideas I don't say rejected, but as you talk things through, they mold, they twist, they turn, and then you come up with a consensus as a group to say, yeah, actually, this is the way forward. Let's go that way. Those were good ideas, but they don't quite necessarily work, but they might do the next time around. So there was a kind of relationship in the team, similar to the games that I said my kids were playing, that allowed them to collaborate, enjoy the process, enjoy the moment. And I think that's the important thing. If we can get to a point where we can enjoy the moment and know that what we're doing is building something that will be appreciated elsewhere and that uh, that time hasn't been wasted. I think that's what most of the people that I know will want to come on the course that we're developing will actually want to do. We've already seen in the last few years people feeling that they, they were working towards something, they hadn't quite achieved what they wanted, and they couldn't quite get their finger on it, what it was. They just felt they were in a, a kind of humdrum experience of, of doing something just to churn it out as quickly as possible, and they didn't feel as though maybe they were appreciated. And I know that on, on the projects that we've developed in the past and what we're about to do, the reason why it's going to work and the reason why people, they're actually hungry for it. They really are looking for something that will allow them to feel appreciated. And by putting these energies into what we're doing, they will get that out of it. So, so the value so that if they did die the day after they finished the course, they would have felt that they've actually accomplished something and it was all well worthwhile. And I think that's that's part of it's actually part of that kind of human condition. It's not you're not. We're, we want to feel valued. Uh, I'm reading a story about uh, a certain president's family that's kind of not with us anymore in one sense as a president possibly by the time this show goes out um and basically what what you suddenly realize with all the characters in that particular story was they all wanted to feel as though they were worth something they were appreciated even the even the one of the characters that that went off and became mr big he, 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 it was a defense mechanism that they were putting together because they didn't necessarily feel that they were appreciated and they, they were trying to find ways to, to be accepted within the group that they were working. And I think that's what most people are looking for, ways to be accepted within 
a grouping so that they can achieve what they way they feel that they want to achieve. And and if they're not being allowed to do that, and I've had students in the past that haven't been allowed to do that, and they feel worthless and not worthy. But if you can actually then build them up, and that's what we're going to be able to do, build them up so they can realize that what they have is some value to offer others and that they will learn something that will help equip them for the next step of their journey, however long or short that may be, that becomes the really important part of it. And I think that's what we've been doing this last two years. We've been building ourselves up because we begin to appreciate that what we've got to offer collectively is more than what we could do on our own. And not only that, we're also now discovering there are other people that can come into the mix that helps make that stronger as a vision and will make it concrete and more solid when we get to the next step. And I do believe that we will achieve it. I can, I've already, you know, because I've lived through the experience a couple of times uh, or more of, of that particular journey, I'm actually looking forward to re-experiencing that journey again with a fresh crop of people, uh, knowing that the value that they get out of it because of the input they put in will be, it'll be far richer. It'll be priceless, in fact, I think, than, 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 the pain. Well, we know the price. It's not going to be prices. No, no. But it will the be value, prices afterwards. The value will outstrip the price <laughs> yeah. they the have. The value to, will be yeah, priceless. The pain of the, of the actual uh, pay tag <laughs> that they have to put into it. <laughs> now, the strange thing is you're remember. Now, this is touching on one of our last shows and, the, and just a language of it. And you, you are actually building on previous memories of doing versions of this or similar things of this in the past but this is the iteration that makes sense and we've arrived at it and we're building it and we'll be launching it whereas one of our previous conversations is I'm actually living it in future memories mm. past so for I've actually relived it a few times as well but only to the extent that I've imagined it figured it all out gone through the stress and the pain and the thing of, of, of dealing with some, everything from sewerage to, to, to being sued to, to, to bus you know, tires busting on, on, on made up buses. You go, it's going through all the customer experience type things that could happen in the future based on a bad bun or sausage on set. So we want the like, full customer experience of the future to, to be a good experience from accommodation to eating and drinking to making friends and influencing people to having a good, rela you know, good relationships to learning what it is they're meant to learning to get a good qualification to get a good testimonial to get a job later on and get their IMDb credits whatever it is but uh, this is all future memories past and I've, we're living those and we have to think of this think of that package that write it down that's what it looks like that's the question that's the answer this is the customer experience the expect expectation versus reading versus measure so it's all lovely language did you because that's what comes out of people's mouths first is have you thought of this have you thought of that that's not going to work it's going to go wrong that won't that couldn't possibly because most of who we're talking to were coming from silos of based on trying to map from their own job out what it could how could it possibly work i can't come up with it but they're trying to come up with it in 30 seconds based on the lack of understanding and a lack of information and we're going we've been doing this for two years we've come up with every question you can come up with we've come up with that by 10x by 100x we're and 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 ones you wouldn't even contemplate because that's where we're saying it's do we believe this story yet we come up with variants of the story we can see so many places it can work and maybe work better we see if we can deliver variant one by god we're on variant five within a couple of months because if one works it's a critical path to the next and there's it's it can grow it can it can clone it can template it can transfer you go hold on a second we're 400 staff in now in a sentence but it's not 
yes, if it works, it works. But if the worst thing is a certain minimum value proposition for, well, we don't want to, you know, do all of that. We can, it could, we can get investors. But in the short term, it only needs to work to the minimum value proposition. It needs to work for us. It needs to work for our customers, our friends, our relationships, suppliers and customer, and our employees. We don't need it to work any more than that because that's someone with a hunger to grow exponentially, to, to be an employer of 400 people. And we might just blow up and stress out and get anxiety and we're now worrying about this empire. Now, we might get there. It might happen. It won't happen unless the same critical path happens. So we're back to the critical path of it needs to work at the minimum value proposition. I think what's uh, what's actually quite fascinating as you were talking there, going through it, um, I was actually getting images in my head of of people solving problems on set with cameras and with actors and trying to work with the actors. And although we're doing cycles, which in their normal sense would be almost look as though it's a repetitive thing that's going on, that's that's the same time blocks, the same whatever. Each of those time blocks will have a unique situation within it because nothing will ever be the same. So what you do today is not going to be the same as what you do tomorrow. It won't be the same as what you did yesterday. You'll encounter different problems. You may have the same actors during the period that you're working with, but they'll be encountering different scenes, uh, different emotions, different lighting, different camera setups, even though you're using the same gear. So you're now becoming so familiar with the techniques that by the time you've gone through the first cycle, it should be kind of second nature, but then you've got opportunities to demonstrate and the creativity will then come in. We're still limited by the time constraints, but you'll, but because people will get used to that and they'll speed up their processes, they all start to use things imaginatively like a canvas, which is still the same little sort of rectangle and it's still limited on the space but they'll become more and more creative with how they use that space to actually let their voices out and and show people what they're actually doing. And at the end of the day, that's what it's going to be. It's, it's, it's going to be a record of what they're capable of doing and how they can um, express themselves as filmmakers with the, within the constraints that uh, filmmaking actually does. Because even though it's a kind of art form, it's a craft form, it is a business, it is an industry, and industries work like engines. And you, you have, as long as you've achieved the job that's required of that day, then technically you can move on. But there will be a little bit of buffer to allow people to, to, to try different ideas. But the key thing is to make sure that the film is made, it's, it looks good, it's successful in, in its execution, that um, you know, it could win awards here, there and everywhere. That's what we want to do. We want to take things to the next level. But we're going through a kind of process, I think, at the moment where there is the hardship that we have to, the pain that we have to go through before we get the gain, I think Garwin would have mentioned before. But we're going through that. We're going through the paperwork. We're going through the administration. We're doing these films in the meantime because we want to keep a consistency of our, our presence being there, even though it may seem as though we haven't got an audience at the moment. We do have an audience in one area. And we're now starting to see how we can drive that audience into another area that we want to start to build up the viewing uh, and, and use that as a way of demonstrating that we can build up an audience. I think that's that's quite important. We don't know everything. We're learning. We're hoping to bring people on board that can help us with that. And we're already getting people sort of suggesting to us how they can help us 
move things forward because they believe in what we're actually doing. And I think that's that's something that you've been doing, Garvin, with a few colleagues. And I'm doing it with, you know, they're excited. Everybody's excited. My wife believes in it. And that's, that's I'm not being criticized. That's hard either. to believe. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's hard to believe as well. And that's not a fairy tale, but that's true. You know, I'm still here. I'm still alive. And uh, she's kind of, she's actually encouraging me. She says, no, no, I can see where you're going. I believe it. But she wants us to show her what we're doing as well. And that and that's important to keep keep those people around us, keep those the family members around us, you know, excited about what we're doing because it is a bit of a long, hard slog, and it may seem risky, but we're trying to minimise that risk in in what we're actually doing and push push forward. And I think we will. There's a lot of filmmakers out there that aspire to do what we're actually about to allow them to achieve as as creative people to express themselves through the art of filmmaking. And we will be looking for an audience. And I think that's what's going to drive that, audi that, that audience, one as viewers, but another as participants. And the third one as mentors who, are, who have a wealth of experience behind them. And some people we're talking to at least 40 years of experience of, of the whole industry. They've seen the ups and downs. We may be going through hard times at the moment, but there's been hard times in the past. And those people have gone through, they've marched for, they've been persistent. They haven't let things knock them and they've carried on making films. It does get harder and it is going to be harder in the future. But if you think outside the box and you don't just follow what the rest of the sheep and the crowds are doing, you know, uh, they're following us what they think is a familiar path. And unfortunately, the gates have been shut and they're just piling up <laughs> in a big block of sheep, just sort of getting stuck there, not being able to move forward. We've got to think outside the box. There are always new opportunities. People there's no box, George. There's no, no box. No, there's no box. That's it. Well, that's that's. <laughs> We're so far outside the box, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> We've got We're to go find that box. There's no box <laughs> yeah. that can keep us. This is Pandora's box. You know, so what's interesting, what I'm hearing it, like, while you were talking... I must have read something in the last day because uh, I barely understand the generation X's and Y's and Z's and millennials and what dates they apply to. But I'm either remembering a day. I'm I'm an X, a generation X. You could be a generation generation X as well. So most of people no, are practitioners. I'm, I'm actually a baby boomer. <laughs> oh, you're well, that's well. The, the baby, the baby boomers, boomers, right? Yeah. The baby boomers and the generation X's is who's going to be on our practitioner side of things who they're That's delivering it. to are the millennials and is the, what's the current is the generation z i don't know who's a, who's the current generation is that i think it's generation next right they've gone but to, any, no yeah, the next right. generation next is a few years away so it's probably the it's probably the millennials will be entering into our structure in terms of going they've gone to school already and they're going to college or to be finishing college and doing their masters or a little bit with some of them will already be in work and want to come back and do a bit of cpd but ultimately it's it's these two sets of generations the older masters passing on the knowledge and expertise to the next generation is what it's all about. To empower this next generation with the right skill set to then apply it to their creativity and their art in the best way possible at the soonest possible time with a minimum of effort and direction. So this this is in what we're canning in our Pandora's box of tricks of this 16 weeks of 40 people and all the moving parts is this passing 
down of experience and transference of experience and skills development because that's what should be happening in there and what will come out the other end are these more skilled individuals ready to go to work and perform their art the ones in the box they say in the box are just plug in and out being the master practitioners will feel fulfilled that they were able to give to the next generation and they're not on the shelf or pass sell by date and what comes out as a product is this mix of art forms and people doing the best that they can concentrated in this pandora's box we're hoping is an episodical something of value or a feature of value because everybody in the box was happy bunny out and they had a great time learning and giving of their learnings and their expertises and using the case study of what's in the what's inside there to 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 to, to, to target and understand that that activity was happening in that fashion. So we're very excited about what's going to come out of Pandora's box. Hope you enjoyed this video. Please subscribe and click on the bell for notifications.